Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Walkie Talkies is a presentation of iHeartRadio and the College Athletes Network. Hey, Mo! It game day! It's game time! It ain't game day! It's game time! Hell yeah! What's up, Walkie Talkies? Welcome back to Episode 6 of Walkie Talkies Podcast on the College Athletes Network, featured on iHeartRadio with the coolest walk on in the country. I'm your host, Noah Bono, and if you can't already tell, I lost my voice. Why? Because I graduated college and I was having a great time. And no, the interview, I did not lose my voice, so you don't have to worry about listening to this raspy, old-sounded man voice the whole time. Um, anyway, today's episode features a former Seton Hall baseball walk-on turned scholarship player and was a unanimous first-team All-Biggie selection his senior year, a Pennsylvania native, Matt Leon. And instead of giving my long preview of every episode, I do want to just briefly talk about what you can expect to hear from Matt and I's conversation today. Matt started his career showing up to Seton Hall his freshman year with no guarantee of a spot on the team to ending up signing a contract with the Los Angeles Angels. It's pretty crazy. The first half of the episode, Matt breaks down his entire walk-on journey, which included how he tried out for the first months of his freshman year leading up to the season, and then when he found out he made the team, talks about his battles of being put on scholarship and how he felt guilty about inquiring for that scholarship that he felt he rightfully earned. Uh, Then he goes into what he changed for him his senior year that really helped him have such a dominant year as a closer. 
And then we get into signing with the Angels and where he's at currently with his pro career. And if you stay through the whole conversation, I hit Matt with some quick hitters that I thought brought out just as good conversation for the listeners. Very candid, very open for Matt on his battle with working extra jobs and waking up super early so he can make his money, pay his bills, but also focus on his baseball career. Uh, Super cool stuff, super inspiring stuff from Matt that I think every listener will really enjoy. And I'm not going to spoil anything else. You'll have to listen through it to hear it all. So lastly, before I bring in Matt, please make sure you subscribe to Walkie Talkies podcast so you don't miss any episodes. And as always, please star the show and leave it a review. It really helps the show become found by other people who may also be interested. So I thank you in advance. And with that being said, let's bring in my guest, former Seton Hall baseball walk-on, Matt Leon. What's up, man? How are you? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, bro. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. So from the jump, uh, we'll start with how the walk-on opportunity at Seton Hall uh, for the baseball team came about for you? How did that tryout come about? Any connection helped you get your foot in the door? What was that process like? So really, like in high school, I really wasn't like a, that wasn't really sought after. I didn't really have any recruiting or schools kind of coming after me. I really only talked to maybe like three schools total. And it was one or two division three schools. And then I had a coach in high school who had played at Seton Hall, like he was, he was pretty young at the time too. So he was always, he was a family friend and uh, I was having a pretty good year. So he reached out for me. um, And then we kind of got to talking through that. Um, They came out and saw me pitch once I pitched pretty well. And then um, they came out again. I really, I really didn't have anything good to show them. So the talking kind of stopped there. It was, they, they pretty much told me like, we don't, we don't think you're going to be able to play here. Um, so that was pretty deflating because like one of the you're only talking to a handful of schools to to hear that's not very good. So um, that kind of happened. I had taken a visit there with them, like an unofficial visit. And then, like I said, the second time they saw me it didn't really work out. So it kind of just stopped communication, uh, went back, was finishing high school and then um, graduated and still had no idea where I was going to school. So I actually was going to go out to pit and just be a student and hang it up. Because in my mind, I had only I only really wanted to play either Division One baseball or I really didn't want to play. Mm-hmm. Looking back, it's kind of like a stubborn thing to say because having played professionally, you play with kids from junior college, you know, right. doesn't really matter. But um, yeah, so I, then I went away on a trip and everyone was asking me what I was going to do. And I just decided, you know what, I'm going to call Seton Hall and uh, let them know I'm showing up. So that was the first step. Just tell them I'm going to show up as a student. And then I just wanted a some type of uh, tryout type thing. So you showed up there with no guarantee that you'd get on the team yeah. or even get a tryout. Nothing. No, I mean they they said, "Listen, we'll give you any shot that uh, anyone else that we'll give anyone else." So I had Holy no. Shit. My plan was my plan was like tryout, whatever it took. It, the the baseball fall is it's basically you play a fall season, you know, against yourself. So you play you know, workouts, all that stuff. So they can have you, you don't have to declare your roster until, you know, pretty like just before the season. So you can work out with the team as long as they feel like, you know, we don't know yet. Oh, you can voluntarily like choose. I'm going to work out with the team in the fall and they'll let you come around. Yeah. Unless, you know, unless you don't have what it takes, then they can just cut you right there. But if they, you know, so it could be like, uh, it could take, you know, months, it's, right. it's not necessarily just a tr- like a, a tryout, you know, that you'd see in movies or anything like that. It's really 
just the like the extent of how long the, the off season is. So that that, that ongoing fall was kind of like your tryout over those yeah. course of the months, and then at what point did they te- did they say to you like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna put you on the roster? Uh, so actually. I didn't find out until two days before opening day. So it oh starts September, August. Uh, I didn't find out. Our first game was February, maybe 15th. So I didn't find out till February, like 13th. It was ridiculous. So it was like I had talked with them and I'd go in every week and bother them. I'd be like, hey, what's the deal? Do we have a spot? Do we have it? Th- and uh, they, a couple times, like Thanksgiving break, like before I went home, I wanted to have an idea. And they were like, we don't have anything. So like, if you want, we can help you look for other schools to go to. And I was like, no, no, that's all right. Same thing, winter break. I'm like, hey, what's the deal? And they're like, listen, we don't want to like keep you here. And then you can't play in the spring. Like if something doesn't work out. And I was like, no, it's all right. <laughs> just, just let me know when something does. So, and then yeah, two days before the like opening series, I kind of, I found out. Why are we so adamant on Seton Hall? Like, if they're saying they'll help you get to another school, maybe, or, you know, obviously yeah. you probably could have played at a lower level. What was the, what, why was the feeling so strong to just do it there? Well, I was already there. So like I went there, those conversations didn't happen until like I said, the holiday break. So you're there what three or four months, you're already taking classes. Like these guys on the team, they're, like they're your best friends. Like you're in their minds. They don't know, you know, they knew I was a walk-on, but they, you know, we're just buddies. So those are your friends now. It's like, and that was one of my biggest concerns was like, if I don't make this team, are are they going to like, am I still going to be like, are we going to still hang out? Like, am I going to go over Mm -hmm. to the baseball house? Is that going to be, how's that going to work? So that was one (laughs) of my, my things, but I I was there. My initial plan was, you know, try to try to get a spot. Um, And like in my mind, like I knew somehow it would work out, but, and then if I didn't, if I didn't make the team, my freshman year was I'll give it another shot sophomore year. And then from there, I'll, I'll make a decision whether that's where I want to be or, right. you know, so like that. when you ended up getting on the team, I mean, your freshman year as a walk-on, you pitched in six, 16 different games and you started yeah. four of them. You were a relief mm-hmm. pitcher for the other 12. How does mm-hmm. that come about? Like, what is your role as a walk-on on the baseball team? Like you don't get, it's just so weird to me. You don't get picked for the team two days before the first game yeah. and then you play in 16 games. So it's like, yeah, you're clearly pretty involved and you were on it. You were obviously needed in some regard. Yeah. So what's your role on a, ba- as a walk-on on a baseball team like that? So I think it's different than a lot of like, like than football or basketball, considering like in those sports, there's just like, you're on either a full ride or you're a walk-on, right? Mm-hmm. Baseball, there's only 11.7 scholarships total. So there's 35 guys on the team. So half these guys are only on the minimum is 25%. So some of these guys, you know, they're, they're on 25%, 50%. There's only a handful of maybe hundred percent scholarship guys. So, you know, it, it, it's not as much of a, a factor. I don't believe like in re- like uh, that type of regard, but like going in, I, I pitched in the opening series that we had uh, it, like at a uh, UNC. So like I pitched, but I was the, we were getting blown out and it was like a game where they're just like, all right, let's start at the bottom. So they threw me in and I like, I had some success. So I think it was kind of just a thing I showed them. Like, I'm like, I can pitch here. So kind of just rolled from there and, you know, whatever they needed, whether it was like garbage time, the game didn't matter, you know, just any type of way to get in the door. It's interesting because 
there is a I guess a difference from a baseball walk on to basketball and football. Like like you said, there's the eleven point seven, eleven and a half scholarships. Um, mm-hmm. so I guess a lot of times maybe half close to half your team has to be somewhat a walk on. Like I, I don't know if ever how can they get divvy up twenty five percent of a yeah. scholarship to thirty five guys. So in some capacity, there's probably a decent amount of walk ons on your team. Yeah, I th- so my freshman year, I think there were maybe I would assume like in my freshman class, there were probably two or three of us. Now there's a difference. You could be told like, hey, we have a spot for you. We just can't give you any money. Now, I guess that would be considered a walk on as well. So like th- that, their situations might have been slightly different than just kind of showing up and trying to make the team. But yeah, there's a lot of like in baseball, you're, there's half the guys that you see on a team like that are contributing might have only, you know, a quarter of an athletic scholarship or, or nothing, you know, like it's, it kind of, once you're in the door, it doesn't really, it's, it's, it doesn't really matter what you're making, like what they're paying you to be there. It's right. whether you can contribute. Right. And you know, that's the same thing in basketball. Mm-hmm. Okay. Walkie talkies quick break coming up. Stay put to hear Matt talk all about his three year climb to an eventual dominant and historic senior season. This is walkie talkies podcast. And I'm your host, Noah Bono. Stay put folks. We'll be right back. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, 
And of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. And we're back. This is Walkie Talkie's podcast on the College Athletes Network featured on iHeartRadio, and I'm your host, Noah Bono. Please make sure you are subscribed. Otherwise, the remainder of this audio will be able to reset all of the settings in your phone and break all of your audio outputs for every app you try to listen to something on. Ha! <laughs> LOL. No, not really. I'm just kidding. All right, all right. I'm done now. Let's bring back in my guest, former Seton Hall baseball walk-on Matt Leon. So, like, for a baseball walk-on, how common is it? Is there, let me rephrase this a little bit better, is there a difference from, like, the way you're treated from being a walk-on or being a scholarship player, it doesn't seem like maybe there will be because of kind of what you just said, but there's always that, well, he is a walk-on, but like you, I mean, you did say in the beginning about how like they were all your friends and they didn't even really know you were a walk-on or you, they knew you were a walk-on, but they didn't really know, like he might not be on the team, that sort of thing. Yeah. It's, it's like for me, when I was having shown up and really no one even knew, like I wasn't a part of the official visits. I wasn't, you know, there early for practice and stuff like that. I think it was a little bit different. They were um, kind of just like wondering who, like, who's this guy? What's this guy doing? Like, he's, he's in our mm-hmm. class, you know, yeah. that type of thing. But, you know, like once you're, once you're there and like, you're, you're you know, you're having morning lifts at 5am, you're there, you know, you're doing practice. Like once you're going through the grind with everyone, mm-hmm. you know, everyone starts respecting each other. Right? It's, right. If you're willing to go through what I'm willing to go through, it's like, you should, you know, you yeah. respect people that work hard. At least that's how I am. I someone that works hard, like they have my respect, no matter what. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so in your four years, were you ever put on a scholarship? Like, were you ever given the twenty five percent, the partial, maybe a little bit yeah. more during those four years, or were you a walk on the whole way through? Um, so it was that was like one of the things I kind of had like a battle with throughout the with um, you know administration and like the staff. But I did my senior year. I ended up being on a full ride. So, oh wow, that was yeah, that was nice. Uh, come the come my last year to kind of help, but like once I had contributed my first two years, or like you know, my first year, I, I had kind of brought up those conversations occasionally, and you kind of feel guilty doing it to be honest, like asking for something that you feel like you deserve, but it just kind of so I always like, felt a little guilty doing that. Like, you'd rather have them just come to you with it, like, yo, you earned yeah. this kind of thing, instead of like, hey, like did I earn this yet in your, in, from your perspective? Exactly. Like, like, like asking for a raise, like for some reason, everyone feels awkward asking for a raise, even though, you know, mm-hmm. on paper, you know, I did this, I did this. So it's, it's one of those things where I always felt guilty asking um, for that, but I, but I wanted to like, feel like, Hey, you guys want me here as bad as I want to be here. That right. type of thing. So for three years, you were kind of paying your own way. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, now I was getting that, like, uh, academic so, money yeah just some academic academic scholarship money which was which really helped because i wouldn't have been able to go there you know mm-hmm. just because but um it, it was nice to finally like get what what uh, i i had felt like i had earned throughout those three years that that last year and and it's tough because like like i said there's only 11 like an 11 and a half scholarships and if they're guaranteeing that money to someone coming in then they can't really give that to someone who's already in the door so what did what do you think you showed those first three years and that slow progression up the ladder? What do you think you showed that your senior year, they were like, you know what, 
of the 11.7 scholarships, we're going to give you one full one. Like we're going to give you out of 35 people, an entire full one. And you were just the closer your senior year. Like you pitched in, you pitched 30 innings. So like, that's a big investment on, I mean, not that the the closer is obviously very important. I I used to play baseball. I I watch baseball. So I know that, but like in a in terms of college baseball, like that's a big bet for them. So yeah, good good reward for you, but a big bet for them. How did that come about? So like, I'm not sure if it was like, it wasn't like officially a one full athletic scholarship because it was kind of just supplementing whatever I had from my academic, you know what I mean? So the Mm -hmm. the rest of what I had gotten. um, So I don't know exactly what it was, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think they just realized like, I mean, just the way that I went about my business, like I was, you know, I was always there late, whether there was something I could work on Mm -hmm. or, you know, with the younger guys, I was just a position where, being there for three years and contributing, I guess, throwing a lot of innings or appearances, um, being around like what it takes and figuring out what it takes to like win, you know, the whole goal was to win a championship, a biggie championship. Like we fell short, I guess, just, just like them seeing that I was the type of person that, you know, could grab the guy behind me and kind of bring me along. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That's what I always thought. I always thought like, for me, it comes down to just work ethic, like whether or not, like, are you doing enough to like go home and not, think like oh man what should I have done today or like or being a little bit like I'm a very guilty person like if I miss a rep or a set or something like that like that sticks with me mm-hmm. so that's just the way I've always carried myself and I don't know maybe they maybe they saw that you know that's that's what I'd like to think you know they probably did I mean <laughs> you know it gave you what you ultimately deserved that senior year you were a unanimous selection to the all big east team in 2018 as a closer 1.17 ERA 34 strikeouts. And like I said, 30 innings pitched. And I, I think you set a Seton Hall record, 12 saves, if I read that correctly. So yeah. just talk about that climb first, second, third year to ultimately get to that dominant point in your senior season. It was, uh, it was, it was kind of strange, but like, I caught like come the fall time of that year, like, you know, you know, the off season's a grind, like every day, you know, for you, it's a little different because you guys off season is after your season, which is, you know, you have a whole year to look forward to it our whole off season leads up to our season. So it's kind of just like this big, long preparation for your season, but um, it kind of gets mundane. And like, I remember going into our head coach's office at one point and literally saying like, man, I'm just, I'm just been like trying to enjoy these practices. Like I've been having a lot more fun. Like I've been actually enjoying showing up because I was realizing like my time in college baseball was coming to an end. Mm -hmm. So it's just like starting to really like enjoy that actual like daily thing. And part of that really, I think, propelled me uh, that senior year, just like enjoying the, the, the stuff that, you know, you kind of get bored with or, you know, you kind of get frustrated with. Kind of learning to appreciate the everyday routine of like, yeah. like I'm asked, you're asking to be there, you know, like this is yeah. what comes with it, this monotonous grind. And then yeah. you find I'm kind of at the same point now where I'm like, I mean, I've been at it for so damn long. If I don't yeah. just start enjoying this in some capacity, like I'll never be happy. So, you know, yeah, right? and I think like, that's, I think that's what hits you is your last year of being in college of like, well, it's my last year of college athletic, college baseball, college basketball. Like yeah. I want to get everything I can out of this. Yeah. It's if you feel because like people come back, you know, how many alumni come back or your teammates that you had and they're like, dude, it goes so fast. It goes so fast. And you don't realize it until you're a yeah. senior. I'm like, wow, I'm a senior here. Like, I should start enjoying this stuff. And, and part of that, just like I started really enjoying like the practices of baseball and just like the little things. So it, it made it so much more like so much more fun for me. Mm-hmm. And then playing the game was just like, that's the easy part, right? Like if you enjoy yeah. practice, you're getting better. Now you're like the game's finally here. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things where 
I just wanted to, part of it was also, I didn't have any like looks at for pro ball. Like I wasn't talking to really any scouts before that year or anything like that. So I had like a little bit of like a chip on my shoulder. I was like, just well, like, just watch, like, you know, I'll be right. just, just keep that type of idea. So that kind of had a chip on my shoulder going into that year. So that was my next question. Is that senior season helped propel you into a talks and an eventual contract with the Los Angeles angels? I yep. guess you were in their farm system or their rookie league minors. Yeah. Um, just talk about that journey thus far, where you're currently at, uh, with your professional career. Yeah. So I, uh, I'd signed with them just after the draft. I went undrafted. So I signed a free agent deal right after my senior year. Um, and then flew out there, played 2018 season, uh, 2019 season with them. And then went down there for spring training 2020 and then COVID happened. So they sent everyone home and they canceled the year. And then I got released during that time. So I'm not with the angels anymore. I'm a free agent, but, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's like one of the hardest things to hear, right? Is someone telling you like yeah. that you're, that, you know, you're not good enough anymore. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, like right after that point, I pretty like pretty much made a, made this deal to myself that like I was going to get to where I like to my best as like an athlete where like, I'm really happy with the product I would be putting out there. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so that's what I've been doing for the last, what, 18 months I was training myself, um, back home in Pennsylvania out by, uh, Philly, and then um, I just moved down to Nashville like two weeks ago to train with one of my uh, one of my friends who's a throwing trainer down here. And the goal is to get re-signed soon. So that's so the you, plan. So you're so you did pitch that first season and that was in what league? I'm always so confused so, by the way yeah. the minors work and all that. So 2018 was in so I, they there's rookie ball. There's a rookie ball league, which is in either Arizona there's one and then there's in Florida. It just depends where your team's located. Uh, so I played for two weeks, I believe in Arizona in the rookie league. And then I got moved up to um, the short season league, which was in Utah. And that was directly after that senior year. So it's like you, you sign in June, you're out there and you're playing in, you know, middle of June, you're starting, like you're starting a week later. So when they cut you during COVID, was that, was that based off your play the previous season? Well, for me, for my my certain situation, when we spoke on the phone, it was basically just, hey, it's a, um, we got to let you go. And I knew that it, would, it was due to the fact, like, I, my velocity, how hard I was throwing wasn't where they had, where they would have liked. So what, what were they looking for? And where are you at? They're looking, they're looking for, I mean, it just depends on what your role would be. I mean, mm -hmm. Mid mid nineties, you know, right. and up is where what they're looking for. At that time, I was not there. I was probably upper eighties, low nineties pitcher. And you're gonna you're looking for a relief position, like closer role, or I'm looking for I'm looking for whatever, you know. I actually once I got into Pro Bowl, um, first season, I had been a reliever for the first two weeks down in Arizona, and then they when I when I moved up, they moved, made me a starter. So I actually for the majority of my Pro Pro Bowl. The first two years, I was a starter, which was okay. bizarre. I hadn't started since high school, but, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, once you've done it, it's just, you know, it's, that's your thing. So in these last 18 months, you haven't really been in contact with teams. You've more so just been focusing on your training, building your velocity, strengthening your arm, that sort of thing to then, like you said, give them a better product to be like, we're, you're too hard to pass up on. Yeah, that's the idea. The idea is like, 
you know, um, but I was pretty much working on whether like changing my mechanics, making sure, you know, strength training, just making sure I was moving, moving the way I wanted to on the pitchers, man. There's a lot that goes into it, like biomechanically. Mm. So, um, yeah, like I, I didn't want to put, I didn't want to reach out and, and put a product like myself as the product out there that I wasn't confident. You know, there's, I'm not going to just reach out to people to reach out. And then, you know, ultimately you turn them away if it's not the product that they're looking for. And I knew that I wasn't, that I wasn't, and you know, I wasn't at that point at the time. So the whole idea is get myself good enough where when I send something out, you know, I'm peaking their interest and Mm -hmm. then we look to get something done, you know? I mean, you've already tackled one underdog journey and climbing the mountain to the top of uh, college baseball. Um, Sounds like another journey that's accomplishable. I know that the MLB is a broader scale and much more competitive, but you know, Mm -hmm. it's not like it hasn't been done before. And it sounds like you're putting a lot of work in. Okay. One more break coming your way. Don't go anywhere. You've come too far to click away now. So much more in the last 12 or 13 minutes. Matt has yet to talk about his perspective from the journey what minor league players do on the side to sustain their living, the pay of minor leaguers, and what rule in baseball he would change, and a few more good ones I won't give away. So stay put, folks. We'll be right back. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps. 
in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. And Walkie Talkies podcast on the College Athletes Network is back with your host, myself, Noah Bono. Make sure you are subscribed and downloaded and leaving the show a review if you are enjoying and we're on the home stretch here on Matt's inspiring journey and his great perspective. So let's bring him back in. So having that successful college baseball career you had as a walk-on, what kind of perspective do you think being in that walk-on role ultimately gave you about yourself and just about life in general? It's, um, yeah, you learn a lot, right? You definitely learn a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember when I first got on campus and like first getting to practice that like, seeing the guys that were, you know, juniors or seniors at the time and being like, Oh man, like, can I play with these guys? You know, like not even believing it yourself, just the way they move. Like they've been around the program for a while that these guys are 22, 23, you're you're 17 or 18. Uh So it's one of those things where like, it took me, it took me quite a bit, like, you know, a couple months to like actually, you know, convince yourself, all right, this is where, you know, I'm, I'm good enough to be here. So that's like, that's the first step. Like is if you convincing yourself that you belong or that you're good enough, Mm-hmm. So that was one thing like just really, yeah. Once you can convince yourself of that, like the rest kind of falls into place, but obtaining the right mindset. Yeah. Cause if, yeah. if you're in an environment where it's like, well, I think I'm as good as these people, but like, you know, you don't really know you're like half in yeah. half out, then you're probably going to end up failing. So yeah. yeah, it's all about how you kind of program your brain to just have like a delusional sense of confidence that like, no, 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 I'm, I'm actually just as good as you, you know what? I'm better than you. I haven't showed it, but in my mind, I'm better than you. Yeah. It's like setting the one, I forget who I've, I've read this before, but it's like set unrealistic goals and like, exp- or you know, something like that. So like, un- like unrealistic goals and expect to achieve them type thing. Like, right. you, like no, you, you awesome. have these goals and you just mm-hmm. like, for some reason you expect to achieve them, even though it's, it seems super far fetched to everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Cause at the end of the day, it don't matter what everybody right? else thinks about your own personal goal. Um, yeah. no, nah, that's great. So a couple quick hitters for you that, I'm interested in uh, yeah. hearing from your perspective. What would you compare being a walk-on to in just everyday life? If there's something you could compare that role to another role. If you don't have an answer, that's totally fine. We no, can that's, good. Out, that's, but... that's tough. Hold on. Well, I mean, I guess like the way that I would, I mean, even just like talking about sports and like athletics, it's like anything you do in the athletic world, like competitively is like, it's, it's going to be so much tougher than anything else. I feel like you go through just like, you know, the last couple of months I was just training myself and like, you know, working a couple of jobs to pay rent stuff like that. It's like those other jobs, it's just, they're just, you know, it's, e- it's easy to tackle once you've had like adversity in a sport or like, you know, just the, the discipline of having to do stuff every day, that type of thing. The, but um, I don't know if I could compare being a walk-on mainly just the mental, like the mental toll it takes on you to every, like you're not, at least in my situation every day for what, five or six months, not knowing whether I was on the team or if I was going to make the team. Mm -hmm. So it's just one of those things is like, 
not knowing like the unknown, like to stop being afraid of like the unknown, you know, in your daily yeah. life, whether or not, you know, something like you're, whether you're, you know, trying to do something in your, your new job or create something new, it's like mm-hmm. not be, instead of doubting the success that you could have from it, just, you know, stick with it instead of being afraid of like the unknown of what's out there. No doubt. That's awesome. That's so let me, know. let me, for the listeners, get some inside info on what a sh- aspiring MLB yeah. player is doing in the meantime, while he's training uh, as a side job, like to pay your rent, what are, what are some of the things you've been doing? Is it with your major from college? Uh, like um, what, what has it been? Yeah. So I have, I have two majors, um, finance and marketing major. I haven't, I haven't used those <laughs> at all. So I two was good majors. Working, yeah. Yeah. At some point, hopefully, I mean, we'll see, but I was working, uh, just in a, in a pharmacy as a pharmacy technician, just mm-hmm. get in there before they open, you know, set everything up, just kind of spend from like 7 a.m. to 1030 or whatever, just to get in and out so I could get spend the majority of my day training, just, you know, stuff like that. I was also then working at a uh, baseball facility back in Pennsylvania just working with like youth kids, um, doing lessons and camps and stuff like that, oh, which, cool. which was pretty like much more satisfying considering it's something that I really enjoy. And like seeing kids enjoy the game that way, like reminds mm-hmm. you like, all right, this is just a game, you know, to some extent, yeah. it's not, it's not yep. me. It's not my identity, which nope. is refreshing. Cause you kind of get caught up in your mm-hmm. own little path. And then, yeah. um, I don't know. I've also just like delivered DoorDash and stuff like that. You oh, know, yeah. just try to make, try you to make get, ends meet, you know? <laughs> get it any way you can. I hear you. Yeah. Um, let me rewind really quick, though, to what you were saying before about uh, your 18 months of training and moving down to Nashville. Like, mm-hmm. what more in your game are you looking to get? Like, where are you at with your velocity and like that overall product? Are you almost there? Yeah. Are you like, and what's the end I'm, goal? Like 95, 96? Like, how, where are you at? with the, that, all that the initial goal like i said the deal like i had made with myself was when i was at my best this was before i had been released um was right around like 92 to 94 miles an hour that had been my best in the past um that was where i told myself i would train myself to get to before i moved somewhere else to get some other help mm-hmm. um so right i just moved two weeks ago my previous bullpens before i moved were right in that 92 to 94 right where i wanted to be so then I called my friend, moved down here. Um, that's where I am, right around there, you know, 92 to 94. The goal is to be mid-90s, you know, 93, 95, touch right. 96, 97, whatever, you know. That's, that's, that velocity is, isn't everything, but it's what's going to get you in the door, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's the eye test type thing, you know. Right, right. Yeah, so that's cool, though. I'm, I'm close. I mean – I'm in the right spot now, I believe, with the people I'm working with. I'm at a actual, you know, baseball facility. And I think mm-hmm. the people around me, being around other athletes, um, like I was training for 18 months by myself in a in a gym that my buddy owns, you know. So it's mm-hmm. just every day I was the yeah. only one, you know, being That's around other lot. athletes is nice. That's a lot of discipline to just get yeah. in there and, you know, do your your morning job every yeah. day and do your DoorDash and then know that like it's it's on you to put that work in. Otherwise the dream yeah. fades and the gold kind of becomes yeah. nothing because you didn't put the work in. So that's, that's right. even more of a testament to you to be able to put the work in by yourself every single day. Thanks. Um, so one thing I'm always curious about back to the quick hitters is, mm-hmm. is there any rule in baseball that you would change to make the game more watchable? What, what do you think can be done yeah. there? 
That's tough because they're trying to change a lot of things. And I don't know if they're the right things to change. Like they're trying to change. There's some speculation, like whether they're going to move the ball or the mound backwards and stuff like that. I think that stuff should stay. I, th- I think that um, one thing that I do like the way that the game's going is the like allowing players to kind of celebrate and like, not necessarily like, you know, bat flip or kind of mm-hmm. chirp, you know, yelling at the hitter after they strike him out, that type of thing where it's like, it, like you're allowing players to actually show emotion as opposed to, you know, the next guy's yeah. going to get hit or mm-hmm. thrown at stuff like that. I think like the, the same thing with the foot, like with the NFL, like let the guys celebrate that type of thing. Right. Like let them show emotion. It's people like that. People like mm-hmm. that when they're watching it, you know? I feel like most people would probably agree that just shorten the game, shorten the season up a little bit. Like, yeah, I'm always, a, I'm like a firm, I'm firm on from 162 games to hundred games. I just feel like that extra 62 is stupid. And honestly, like let's yeah. add an extra round to the postseason. So instead of two rounds and then the world series, let's yeah. do three rounds and then the world series. Cause playoff baseball is so much more. I, I watch every playoff baseball game, but every, I, I yeah. can't, I won't watch really many regular season games. If yeah, I, they if don't I matter. What does yeah. game 65 matter on 102 60 yeah. game scale? It means nothing. Right? Um, so as a baseball player, you know, striving to get into the big leagues, what do you think it takes from your baseball perspective for people to really be successful in the major leagues, have a sustainable career? Obviously, I mean, you're still trying to figure that out yeah. yourself, but I'd love to yeah. you know, know what you think. To at least, you know, climb up the ranks from, you know, rookie ball to the to the big leagues. There's five levels or six levels in between there. So that's tough, to, you know, mm-hmm. to even begin with. But I, I think you actually really have to, like, enjoy the game or like the game, you know, because – same thing in the minor leagues, you're playing 140 games in probably 150 days. So you have an off day, I don't know, maybe once every three weeks, four weeks, you know? So yeah. like, if you don't really, you know, like the game or enjoy being, being around the game, it's tough. It's tough to do. So it's like, but I mean, like you said, I'm still trying to figure out what else goes into it. I think it's just part of it surrounding yourself with the right people that like, know, you know, your coaches are, stuff like that, surrounding yourself with people that know and finding a routine that works for you. Like I've, you know, you fall into a routine with your body. Okay. On this day, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I got to do this to feel good. I got to do this. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's tough, but, but mentally, like, like I also said, I think the probably the main thing would be um, like not, not being afraid of the unknown, like a job, like a career in sports or athletic career in college. It's the same thing. It's like, you don't, you don't know, you don't know what you're going to do that night. So it's just being, if you fall into a slump or funk, you know, just, just Mm -hmm. sticking with it, knowing like what you're capable of, like having the mental capacity, like trust yourself and believe in it. That's probably big. Once you lose belief, you know, it's, it's over. Yeah. That's one of my biggest focuses currently is like everything I'm trying to do is, you know, just my mental capacity. Like how much can I get myself to withstand regardless of what I'm doing? If it's hoops, podcast, school, I mean, not really school weight room yeah you know there's a lot of elements that in everybody's everyday life that it's like just how much can you really do like and it it just comes down to what we said earlier about the mindset like can you propel yourself and just talk shit to yourself enough just kind of trick yourself that it's like this isn't that like it's you know a laundry list of nine things but i'm gonna make it seem like it's like four things you know part of it's like it sounds crazy but it's like like your ego gets involved which is it, it, it can you can use that to your benefit you know get up early and you go out and you start your day, 
you get up at like six or something, you know, you start your day early, you go for a run, like no one else is outside. You know, you have that. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm the only one doing this. Like I'm getting yeah. better, you know, are you staying late in the cages or, you know, mm-hmm. on the court, get, you put up an extra like 500 shots, right? It's like yeah. you have that. That's the way to selfishly build confidence in yourself. Like I'm, I'm doing this and, yep. you know, my teammates are out partying or something like that. You know, right. it's a way to, to trick yourself to do mm. these things because you're going to get this little selfish reward out of it, you know, in theory, but it's going to benefit everyone in the end. Right. If yeah. you're a better player, your team's benefiting. Even if you're, you're selfishly staying late, you know, absolutely. It's, I mean, how selfish can it really be? Like, yeah, just the way on... I guess you look at it in your head, like, yeah, no doubt. Turn it into like an ego thing, but in real, in reality, you know, you're benefiting yourself and everyone. And that's probably the best time, I guess, to have an ego. Cause obviously, right. I mean, you got to have an ego in sports, but like the guys yeah, that are like portraying their ego and like, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm the best player here, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. and then they're not backing it up or anything. And they're just like behind the scenes. Yeah. Behind the, behind the, the scenes. scenes ego and like internally and that mental edge that you can kind of get from all that is awesome. So this wasn't yeah. on my list of questions, um, but I'm going to add it anyway, and then we'll wrap it mm-hmm. up as a minor league baseball player. Like that sort of career, you said there's five different levels, like, yeah. Is, is there enough money to be a minor league baseball player as your full-time job? Cause you, you know, you said you play 140 games in like 160 yeah. days and it's like, how do you work any other time? Like that's your job. Yeah. So is the pay, it's probably not great, but it's gotta be somewhere yeah. to a level where it's like, okay, I can, I can make this work. Um, yeah, it's not great. I mean, there's a lot of issues that they, that have, that they've been publicizing about it, but, um, it's yeah. I mean, the thing is that you also then have a six month off season, you know, from mm-hmm. September to March. So a lot of people, we, they get jobs, you know, they might work at a baseball facility those six months, um, which is kind of crucial to make some money, especially as you're getting older. Right. And, you know, you might have a, a family, some guys have kids. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, I know that's an, that's an issue for sure, but ultimately it's, you're playing, you're playing the game to, to be a major leaguer. Right. So got to start somewhere. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're out there, you know, they're, they're feeding you, you know, Mm -hmm. if you have a game, you're getting lunch and dinner. So, you know, you're not, you're not making, you're not making millions, you know, you're not making great money, but um, for me, that's, you know, that's not why I'm there. It's, it's to uh, kind of just like prove something to myself that I'm good enough at this point, at this point, that's what it comes down is like, just to prove to myself that, yeah. I'm a major leaguer. That's the, that's the idea. And, you know, the goal is to bet on yourself. Right. So mm-hmm. down the line that, the, that the money that you make from, from doing that can, you know, take care of a couple of years that you didn't really, you didn't really live lavishly or, you know, to help take care of your family for all the sacrifices that they made to, to, you know, allow you to live your dream type thing. That's And, so that, and at the end of the day, you do it for the love of the game that you exactly, had right? your entire life. And, you stole the words out of my mouth. That's how I was going to wrap the episode up is just what a story about betting on yourself. Like yeah. you show up to Seton Hall. You have no guaranteed spot on the team. It's just like, you know what? I don't even care. I'm coming to these workouts every single day in the fall. And I'm going to yeah. just show you guys what I'm about, why I can help this team. And it turned into an all Big East unanimous selection. Your senior yeah. year, team captain, like just what a great story. And then you sign an MLB contract. Like you've, you know, pretty much done it all. Obviously you want to go yeah. do more. Like you've, yeah. you've hit a certain point but you know the discipline the grind that you're on like it's inspiring to hear i hope people listening 
they probably think you're a fucking badass. I mean, I, I think it's a great story. Like, I'm very happy you came on the pod and sharing your story, Absolutely. man. So thank you. Yeah, no, it was cool. I was like, my uh, my brother-in-law messaged me, and then you messaged me like later in the day, and I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, man, appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. It was awesome. Yeah, no doubt. All right, that's a wrap for episode six. Thank you to everyone who tuned in. I hope you all enjoyed it. Man, a guy with that kind of discipline and work ethic will inevitably get what he is working for, so good luck to Matt on the rest of his journey. I'm excited to keep following him, and I hope he ends up as the closer for the Mets because Edwin Diaz fucking sucks. All right, folks, make sure you subscribe to Walkie Talkies Podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss any episodes. Episode 7 will be out next week. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave the show a rating or a star of your liking and let us know what you think. Thank you all again. And remember, couple so cute. Walkie Talkies Podcast has been a presentation of iHeartRadio and the College Athletes Network. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.